When he was talking, I was just sitting there, you know, cutting my wrist. <laughs> that made a horrible oh. mistake with other people's dick. <laughs> Alright, well. So <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> We've gone off the rails. Bloody Bundle up, bitch. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Trevor and Ian Talk Show, episode numero nine. Was, so close to ten. We're yeah, so close yeah, to Yeah, we're 10. almost in the double digits. You know, we're. 656 away from 666, the best podcast number. The number of the beast, I've heard, according to Iron Maiden. Well, I mean, Iron Maiden can't go wrong. No, you really can't go wrong with, you know, the number of the beast. No. Well, you know, or... Well, or you can go very wrong with the number of the beast. Yeah, satanic cults and whatnot. You know, satanic cults aren't actually real, right? Right, but you know, those these are the cults that actually planted the dinosaur bones. Oh, I'm sure. we're starting this already. We're starting the dinosaur chat already. Well, you know, some people don't believe in it. So, I think the overall theme for this show are people that don't believe in dinosaurs are the biggest of douches. Well, yeah, that's, this is uh... been a busy <laughs> week for you. Yeah. We're going directly. I guess Trevor has a shit ton to talk about this week. I have a lot to talk about, so maybe you should start. Okay. Um, I was writing down. I've done no preparation for this week. Uh, The biggest story in my life right now was uh, I was supposed to see Morrissey tomorrow. And anyone that knows me, including my my girlfriend who has spent the last uh, seven months of our relationship just... uh, Listening to me blither on about how much I worship Morrissey and the Smiths. Um, anyone that knows me can tell you that I adore him and seeing him in concert tomorrow, I, I've had tickets. We've had tickets since like April to go to this. And, and now he's in Mornacy. Stop it. Stop it. Well, I guess, I guess the reason being is from what I hear, and this is all here, hearsay at this point in time is that his, his mother's sick. He's going back to uh, England or whichever dark corner of Europe he's from, uh, to, to, you know, um, tend to her needs and whatnot. And I can respect that. You know, it does make me sad. I was kind of gearing up to, you know, see Morrissey. And I hadn't really mentally prepared myself completely yet. But the concept of me seeing him would be like a 14-year-old girl seeing Justin Bieber. It would have just been a lot of screaming and crying and, like, thrusting in my seat. That's pretty much what it was going to be. Well, maybe that's the real reason that Morrissey canceled that's his show. Fine, but Because he didn't want to get, you know... Whole oh. bunch of Ian jizz all over. Oh, it would have been head. the room would have been strong with the scent of my excitement. That's I don't want to see what's going uh, on over there. But it's you know I can respect what he's doing. It just it, I was supposed to go. Um, uh, this is going up what tomorrow. Yeah, that sh- that would have been the day that I I would have been seeing uh, Morrissey the the twenty third, and you know I hadn't fully mentally prepared myself yet, but you know how many chances uh, do you get to to see you know him in general, let alone any of the members of the Smiths really. Um, uh, it it bums me out to some degree, but like I said, I can respect his his choice to to not come in with all you know with with a family crisis like that. I can definitely respect his decision. Um, but that being said, they're supposed to reschedule it, so I'm hoping that's soon. Uh, 
I, I'm substituting, I think, tomorrow by seeing Paranormal Activity 4. So that should be interesting. Yeah. I love the first three. I shamelessly love the first three. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. Yeah. You know. Well, you haven't seen them. I haven't seen them, so they I attract can't really comment. a lot of naysayers. But then again, I I think we talked last week about Ralph and I's Halloween tradition of seeing movies uh, yeah. like that. Yeah, you did. I like those films that have like yeah, they get lame and and whatnot by film four. And I'm assuming this isn't going to be as good as the other. You know, well, first two. Three was kind of lackluster for me. I did like it, but it wasn't my well, favorite. Well, you know, they had to have something to replace Saw every year. So I loved it. I, I shamelessly love the Saw franchise, too. But, you know, I'll watch those cheesy Jason Jason X, Jason Take. Oh, Jason X, holy shit, is the, the future Jason. That was like the future one. Yeah, is the funniest of that fucking series. Oh, dude, like when he picks up the girl. And, in the sleeping, know, sleeping bag, bag. And just beats him against, the, against a tree and then each other. Yeah. It is fantastic so um so yeah that's happening tomorrow and I think I'm gonna quell my uh my sadness for not getting to see Morrissey by uh going vinyl shopping up at um up at some some stores in the PA area oh yeah I need some some vinyl retail therapy in my life to make me feel a little bit better anything to keep my hipster quelled and and by vinyl he doesn't mean records he's no I he do. means like some S&M yeah, that too. Materials and I too. You know. Well, as you can see, we're filming this in uh, in my room instead of our usual recording spot. I have that fancy new record player. Yes, we are we are filming it in your what in your we'll put up pictures. Blow me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um but outside of Morrissey, I Hey guys, look out for the video on YouTube of the Trevor and Ian talk show episode nine. That won't exist. Blow me once again, may I add, good sir. Um yeah, Morrissey was kind of the main thing I wanted to to hit on. Um uh other things. I've I've recently revisited a band that I, I kind of wrote off for, for a long time, and that's the, the Libertines. And I've liked other projects that, like, the members have gone – famously, Pete Doherty is their singer. I think he's the one that called Lindsay Lohan a fire crotch back in, like, 07. And he's had – he was, like, a, a massive heroin addict. He's had a lot of a lot of drug problems. But I'm, I kind of – the only reason I wrote him off was because they were on, like, the coattails of, like, the garage revival movement. Like when the Strokes, like in 01 and 02 when the Strokes and the Hives, White Stripes and all those guys came out with like a lo-fi kind of sound. Um, they were like the last ones to kind of jump aboard. They only had like two records, but I've gone back and checked them out and they're, they're fantastic. But the other bands that formed out of them, Pete Doherty went on to do Baby Shambles, which I really liked. And the other guys, I didn't know this till yesterday, went on to do this band called Dirty Pretty Things. And if you're listening to this, check out the song Bang Bang You're Dead by them. There's this really awesome trumpet fanfare in the beginning. It's it's your typical Brit pop, but it's, it's a really good song. The song's not... Based after the, because there was like a play, Bang Bang You're Dead, and then they did a movie with Ben Foster. No, I, uh, I don't was, know. I'm not sure, it was it, like a, it was like it, either a Showtime. I, I want to say it was a Showtime movie. It was either a Showtime or an or, HBO or something. British people involved? No. Okay, because uh, they're they're a Brit band, but uh, but whatnot. They're like on the in the same vein. I've actually been discovering a couple bands I missed out on from that time period. Uh, Mondo Deo. I think I might I may have talked about them before. Um, Mondo Deo is fantastic. Uh, they're very roots kind of rock revival. Uh, earlier stuff bordering into White Stripes territory and whatnot, but all in all, they're they're a really good good band. I mean, if you got to be compared to someone, the White Stripes are fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I, 
actually, there's this band uh, from, it might be Cardiff, I, I could be wrong on this, called Johnny Foreigner that I really like in uh, Los Compensinos. They're all Brit bands. I've been on a big, like, Brit kick for the time being. A couple Swedish bands thrown in there. Um, obviously, I'm going to visit some ABBA in my time. I don't, I don't care. I ABBA, you, no one can, you can't, you have to like one ABBA song. Just, just stop. Just one, stop. One stop. ABBA song. Doesn't it have to be Mamma Mia or like, or, come on, like take a chance on me. I don't even remember what that song is, to, to be completely honest. It used honest. to be the opening of My Brother, My Brother and Me. Before they got that... Um, Before they got the good song? Is that- hey, speaking of, uh, they changed their outro song. It's no longer that Girl Talk song. This week they mm-hmm. played um, the the last half of um, uh, Win- Winter's... Oh, crap. I never remember that dude's name. The guy that did It's a Departure. It's, yeah. it's like their main theme song now. But save for last week when I talked about everybody else's podcast. I will say the newest episode of Pr- Greg Proop, Smartest Man in the World. It might be one of the best ones he's done. But I'm actually not even that caught up on um, on the podcast round this week. I don't know how far you get into any this week. No, I'm you'll still be glad when Indie October is done. You yeah. Gotta, um. Oh, which leads me into the last thing I want to talk about uh, before I um, I let Trevor take the floor for a while and interject intermittently. Um. Uh, uh, the TV shows that have come back in, in the last week. I have not seen the first episode of American Horror Story. Uh, I heard it was fantastic. Um, I'm going to try to keep spoilers to a minimum for, for a few of these things. Uh, Revenge, still good, although there's a coma involved this week, and it's getting a little more soap opera-y, but I'm excited what they're doing with Daniel Grayson because he's not like a... a he, last season, they kind of made him. He was really good and innocent. Then he became this kind of a, a, a bit of a douchebag. And then um, this season, he's kind of just picked himself up by the bootstraps and become a pretty decent character. Um, I, I've i seen the first two episodes of Once Upon a Time. I think we're going to watch the new one later. This uh, last week's episode with Black yeah. Lancelot was really good. Yeah, that's the last one I've he seen. He was uh, in Friday Night Lights. I'm trying to remember who he was because I don't remember him. Did you did you watch any more Nashville yet? Yeah, you still like it? Yeah, it's really good. I will we'll start on that. Oh, Arrow first episode was fantastic. We yeah, gotta watch. I, I watched the second one today. Actually, it was it's still good. Yeah, it's still really good. I I totally worth watching. And um, and I, I can't wait till they introduce the well dressed man. Which is John Barrowman. Yeah. Oh, and I almost had to ask Sarah, my girlfriend who's in the room with us, what other show we watch. And holy shit, it's fucking Walking Dead. Have you? I, I haven't seen the newest one. Okay, but you watched episode one. Yes. Did we talk about episode one? We yes, couldn't we talk did. about a lot because Ralph hadn't seen it yet. But So we talked about that. Without Since you haven't seen it, no spoilers, but holy shit. Okay, this week was back to like the standard fare of... You know, quiet conversations and and kind of getting back into character depths. But there is this stellar scene to close out the show with Rick and Lori that's un-fucking-believable. Their conversation and what he the last thing he says to her, it kind of leaves this feeling in the pit of your stomach. But Rick does some stuff in this episode that honestly is, is really kind of 
indicative of the leader he's become and who and the humanity oh god I, i'm so lame for it for saying all this stuff the humanity he had to lose in order to get where he is right now and only the short span what is it four months that's like the yeah. length of the show is is not like it's post winter but it's only four months like since the since the show was began I, I could be wrong i think i'm right in this instance not 100 percent sure on yeah timeline, but and they've just been through so goddamn much and Rick has stepped up in this episode. Carl proves himself and does a bunch of really cool shit and his mom is still all up on his dick. Like, just grant you there's a reason why she is and, and what Carl did was slightly reckless and it all happened off camera. It was a ballsy choice to show it off camera. But, um... Carl is really become loyal to his father, and I like that. He he no longer you know he's no longer Carl that stays in the house. Yeah. He he. Even, but even in the prison, he can't be tamed. Uh, as as in the immortal words of uh, Miley Cyrus, he can't be tamed. Um, why? 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 Have you seen that video? Why? That's best. Why watch. must you sully our podcast? It's best watch with, with the, the volume names. down. <laughs> It's best watched with the volume done. What's She's the a fucking bird of in the that video. She's a bird in that of video. Los Angeles. And if I can recommend one more to She's you. She's a fucking bird. Lindsay Lohan's Rumors video from 2004. That's pretty hot. <laughs> I did just say that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Walking Dead. I... <sighs> I, I don't know, between Walking Dead and Revenge, and granted, Revenge has more of a soap opera feel to it compared to the, the holy shit, incredible, just everything about about Walking Dead. But uh, Revenge and Walking Dead have to be my two favorite shows right now. I, I, think, I think Once Upon a Time still holds up. It's just it's been slow going, and this season, much like last season, is going to take a second to find its footing. But once it does, it, it's going to be fantastic. I, the relationship between Henry and... Um, uh, charming, and I remember his name. What's what's charming's name? Uh, David. David. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Uh, and the Mister Gold stuff. It's all fantastic. Robert Carlyle knocks out of the park. Every, yeah, he's really that good. Dude's, that dude. Well, between him and Lana Perea, they steal every scene they're in together. But you know, we all know my erection for Lana Perea. She's a who I mistakenly called Perilla for the last year of my life. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, I didn't. I'm sorry to Spanish, all of our Spanish you know. fans. Or Fanish, if you will. Um, that was a you pun. So you're stealing my shtick. I'll, I can't, uh, I can't allow this to happen. More shtick than we can shake a stick at. That's hard to say. That's that, that was a real big fish reference. I totally just stole that. Um, okay, I think I'm done with TV roundup. Let's have the floor to Trevor. You've been uh, a busy little um, worker bee this past week. Yeah, so I've watched a lot of movies. Done some thinking. I've done some thinking. I read a book. Did you finish it? Yeah. Dude, you knocked that out in like three days. No, dude. I knocked that out in four hours. Holy crap. I mean, okay, listen. I know it's a short book. I started it in high school and I never finished it. I really do want to go back and read it. I know it's kind of like a... It's pretty much just like a complete and total mind change. Like, it's... Yeah, kind of is. So we'll get into that last. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, you probably got the most on that. So last week I went to the movies and I saw what should get a motherfucking Oscar, and that is Argo. Oh fuck, I still haven't seen it yet. Argo, see it. Boo! Hey, that ghost came back. <laughs> so 
anybody who hasn't seen Argo needs to go see it. It's great. Um, it has, I mean, it, it's for as much crap as people can give Ben Affleck for you acting can't sometimes. For the last couple years. You can't. A lot of people give him crap for acting, and like sometimes I can totally understand why you would, but that dude can make a good fucking movie. He can write. Because, I mean, he did Gone Baby Gone, he did The Town, which were both fucking excellent. And then Argo is is amazing. Like it's it's a fairly long movie. It's like two to two and a half hours long. But like when you're in the theater watching it, it, it doesn't, doesn't feel, feel like, like it. Because like when I when I left the theater, like I, I went in there at nine thirty and it's like twelve thirty, and I'm like, whoa, I I can't believe it lasted that long because it was just so good that you wanted to keep watching it. You know, that's and, how I thought about Prometheus. Even though people didn't like it, I thought it was it was good enough to hold my attention mm-hmm. for for that long. You don't, or even the Avengers. You never felt the length in the Avengers. Compared to like you know Spider Man two or whatnot, but so I mean basically the the premise about the fake movie to rescue hostages in Iran. Am I wrong about this? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Iran because it was during the hostage crisis uh, back uh, in seventy nine and nineteen eighty. Uh, but it had a great supporting cast as well. Brian Cranston's in it from Breaking John Bad. Goodman. John Goodman was fucking great in this movie. He's great in everything. He was so good in retro. John, John Goodman and Alan Arkin were both very good in their roles. Um, you had Victor Garber, who was the dad on Alias. I know Tate Donovan. I cannot remember where I know him from. We're <laughs> behind the scenes. Look, we're on IMDb right now. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He's been in a bunch. Good Night, Good yeah. Luck was a good movie. Well, what's Clooney? Clo- outside of... Let's not discuss Batman and Robin, but Clooney doesn't make a lot of bad choices with flicks. It's true. It's definitely true. You? Oh, and Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights was in this movie. Is he black? No. He was he was Coach Taylor. I don't know. Come on, man. Kyle Actually, Chandler. He's he won, just been he in something that I've, that I've... The Emmy for Friday Night Lights. He's been in something I've witnessed recently. That's yeah, he dark. was in uh, Super 8. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was his dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was in Super 8. Did you like Super 8? Yeah, I did a lot. I had a lot of fun watching that yeah, movie. Yeah, I really liked watching it, especially in the theater, because it, it like almost brought you back to the days of E.T. in a way, because just like that that wonder, because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, it, it, just, I mean, grant you, it was, you know, Steven Spielberg harking back to like the, the blockbuster flicks of the 80s, but if you want to be somewhere, those blockbuster flicks are like the, that started with Jaws, kind of moseyed into the... The late seventies, early eighties. Those summer blockbusters are, are are fantastic. And if you got a movie that's, you know, part Close Encounters, part ET, part Goonies. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely it's definitely the best movie that Steven Spielberg has done in a while. I think. Uh, save for Jurassic Park. I mean, Jurassic Park was like ninety three though. Schindler's List, same year. Yeah, so I mean, like he made a movie about dinosaurs and a movie about Jews. That dude's off the chain. So I mean, but I would say in the past, you know, five years or so, this that was definitely his best movie, and I say that that span for sure. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed Super Eight, and I really enjoyed Argo. And everybody should go see it while it's still in theaters. Um, if that doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, then Hollywood doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. It'll be up for but it. yeah, I it mean, should definitely be up for it. Like I, I can't really compare it because I haven't really seen any other Oscar worthy movies this year, well, so I don't you, really know. I, re- yeah. I don't really know what's in contention. Well, oh, it's still early. All the yeah, Oscar movies haven't come out yet. But that's uh, what I was thinking too. Uh, I like okay, like late twenty ten. 
Now, granted, that's probably the last time I went and saw a, a slew of films. Yeah, that's but probably a lot best of the ones, ones that were up for the 2010, you know, early 11 Oscars, I had seen in theaters. You know, black like in a row. It was like, uh, um, it was like Black Swan. Well, Social Network kind of started Social, it. Yeah, uh, Black Swan, True Grit. That was when the town was in there too. The town was that up for best pick? Uh no, no. It should have been though. I never saw it. It was really good, but it was like it was like that, and uh, the the Cohen remake of True Grit. Yeah, that was really good. Oh my god, that I don't don't even like westerns, but I really enjoyed that movie. That sparked me wanting to watch westerns. That I I mean, it it didn't do that for me because westerns don't really, you know. Grip me in that way, I guess. Well, um, but I, I really like True Grip. That's why I'm really looking forward to Django Unchained. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely see that. So, do you think I mean, it's Tarantino? It's so. Jamie Foxx and Quentin Tarantino with DiCaprio. Do you think it's getting a nomination? DiCaprio I don't know. and Jamie Foxx—they're Oscar gold most of the time. That's true, but and it's Tarantino. I mean, but didn't Pulp Fiction get? Not film of the year, but it yeah, got it awards. Got, well, I know Inglorious Bastard had Bastards had some awards too because that uh, yeah, did. Uh, what's the guy that played? Uh, oh, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, the dude that was the German soldier that went in and had the milk scene. Um, oh, oh, I can't think of his name right now. I keep wanting to call him Hans Gruber, and that's totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. that's Alan Rickman and Die Hard. <laughs> but yeah, but he won. McLean. He won the uh, best supporting actor that year. Yeah, for that I can't. Movie, so Christoph Waltz. Yes, that's him. That's him. I just Christoph went off. On, Waltz, yeah. I went on a fucking limb with that one. Uh, I yeah, Christoph Waltz. He was really good in that. And he's been on a lot of stuff since. Like, I've seen now, him in a bunch of stuff. This, this uh, Morgan Freeman movie I'm seeing with, like, pl- not Morgan Freeman, uh, Denzel. Denzel Flights. Yeah. I saw the trailer. The sound was off, but the trailer looked interesting enough. Yeah, it's it's a, it's basically he lands a plane in a way that no one would have ever thought. And the plane should have blown up and killed everybody. But he saved everybody's lives. 9-11. But now, two. you know, but now they're taking into question because they said he had a drink before he was flying so that he may have been drunk and he may have caused the accident. But then they prove that, the, that he doesn't. But then they're still debating it. And I mean, that's because he's black. We yeah. Know. I mean, that's, you know, the plot point of the thing. But it, it looks good from the trailer because I actually saw the trailer before Argo. Uh, when I went to see it, I so. saw it in a bar the other night with the volume down, and it looked interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's Denzel. Denzel. It's fucking Denzel. Did you see Safe House? No, I didn't. I I think that's one. I, I know it's not going to be fantastic, but I think it looks interesting enough to hold. You know, hold my. I, I need a mindless action flick every now and then. Every once in a while, those are. That's why I never I never have the same qualms with the Expendables that everyone else did. I didn't need a sequel. Oh yeah, to yeah. I mean, I, I although I heard two was really good. But, but if you need mindless fodder, sometimes like I, I'll take in a Statham, Statham flick. Yeah, and Statham's a badass, and that's why I was like him and Clive Owen, and then they did Killer Elite, and I never saw it. So, yeah, I never saw it either. Which was a remake, right? Uh, possibly. Yeah, I think it was a remake. So sure. anyway, um, you saw Argo. Next up, yeah, I saw Argo. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I went, I went all do all do plus on on everybody here. So I what? saw some, I saw some really oh safety not guaranteed really You're good about safety not guaranteed yeah I am yeah I am so safety may not be guaranteed but you're guaranteed to love this movie Boo. that goes back of the box quote goes. back of the box quote right there give me that please I'll Mark, give it. Mark Duplass give that to me I'll give that not to that you. you're in charge of that but give it to me I'll anyway. give it to you so that was gayer than I intended to be that was very Tatum Gordon Levitt. <laughs> 
Hey, let's not talk about that anymore. Because <laughs> oh. we know what's really going on. Oh, I know. <laughs> we know. We know. Um, Gosling, get that camera ready. <laughs> anyway. Was, was it Gosling? Yes, it was. Did we add Ryan Reynolds? No. Okay. No, anyway. there, can only, there can only be one. Ryan, that is. Anyway. My Sarah would agree. She's nodding her head, <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, I... I but safety not guaranteed. No, I saw this was, when it was in theaters. Yeah, safety not guaranteed was I an amazing movie. Two hours. Um, like the the cast was just superb the whole way through, um, and to see to see uh, Aubrey Plaza in a leading role like that, and to, she was actually really good because kind of ease her. She's kind of the. She's like angry Michael Sarah in most yeah, things she's yeah, in. Or, or, or she always Jesse Eisenberg like, movie. Which, yeah, she's hey, always like a background character. Let me just say this. You know? People complained about there was too much. There was such a backlash with like Michael Sarah. A, I think he's fantastic in everything he's done. And oh, how are you going to tell an actor to not act like themselves? Like, <laughs> like okay. But dude, Scott Pilgrim. Nick and Nora. Scott I mean, Pilgrim, he was him while still also being a badass. Yes, which was awesome. And it was completely marketed wrong. Yeah, well, Scott Pilgrim was my, well, uh, not my favorite film. I don't know. It's always a toss-up between Scott Pilgrim and um, uh, uh, Social Network for my favorite film of 2010. For me, it was between Scott Pilgrim and The Town. Because um, like I, I really like The Town a lot. But... I, I would say I had more fun watching Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, the subject Sorry, material, you know, makes it, well, okay, makes so it funner. But. Safety not guaranteed. I'll say this before you even go in. Do, you, do we even want to go into the plot? I mean... I didn't, no, because I want people to, to see the movie. I mean, basically, it's... The title gives nothing away about yeah, this it's, film. You it's, know that was a real news article, right? Really? Yeah. Huh. Now, I I'm, I'm sure that it, it, you know... But basically, um, you have uh, Jake Johnson's character... Who is my arguably the breakout head of that film? Yeah, he was really good in it because um, I mean he kind of goes on a journey in himself, which is completely separate from the journey that and he goes from that being, Aubrey Plaza's character takes. He goes from being this cynical douche nozzle, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, to basically he has this. He finally just believes at the end. It's one of the the most heartwarming. I mean, the last ten minutes, I, I openly weeped in theaters. Like it, it's fantastic. It. It hits you in such a good place. It's one of those movies that if you've lost most hope in humankind, and, and in this day and age, it's pretty easy to do, that you watch this movie, I, it does something to you. It restores I, I would, a lot of faith. I would absolutely agree. I mean, I mean, the basic plot is you have uh, Jake Johnson and Aubrey Plaza, and then they're uh, another intern go to a town where they found in a newspaper an article that said uh, or well an ad that was put out that said safety not guaranteed um, and that the, the guy basically built a time machine and wants someone to go back he's and done it once him. before and and he just needed someone he wanted a partner to go with him on this second run back in time and what what happens from then is you don't know if he's he's kind of crazy because he comes off as it but mm-hmm. But Mark Duplass, if you're a fan he, he, of the yeah, league, I mean, he's he, Pete on the league. But he, but he comes across as crazy, but he comes across like he's not, too. Like, he, he seems very relatable, even though he's crazy. And the last... The the scene with him stealing all the equipment to to finally build it is one of the funniest yeah, scenes. Yeah, that, that was really great. But Like, those, I mean, this movie definitely has, like, 
a little bit of everything. Like it has a lot of seriousness, but also has a lot of funny moments. The um, chemistry between Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass is is unbelievable. Like it's so so good watching those two just. Just any scene with them together, you felt this this connection with them. That you know, it's acting and whatnot, but yeah, you, you feel like they work together. And and just the end. I mean, the end. The end is. It's so much hope. Yeah, everything. It's it's the the. If I can say one thing, about I did that not film, see it coming. That's all I'm really gonna say. It's the one film that just throws cynicism out the window. Like there's nothing cynical about this movie. It's so sincere. And if you, if you really take a step back and look at it, it's something that we, when this goes on pretentious, but we all need that. You all need this movie in your life. Just, I, I would absolutely agree. Um, and it comes out next week on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, it's available now if you want to buy it through iTunes or the Amazon Instant Video, which I bought it through yeah. Amazon Instant Video. With this, you know, coming holiday season and whatnot, it's it's easy to lose sight of a lot of uh, of it's it's hard, especially if you're a weary twenty something, thirty something world traveler as we all are. Um, it's hard not to be cynical about this this fucking world. Like it's really hard not to be cynical, and I, I'm guilty of it. But this movie kind of made me take a step back and like really believe in a lot of stuff, and and it kind of reaffirms some ideas that I've been thinking about. So so if there's one thing I could say, this movie is it. It's as absurd if you watch it. It's gonna sound absurd, but you're gonna leave that movie feeling kind of pure, like you yeah. feel good about yourself. Like not yeah. like the help when you left thinking, oh, white people did help black people. Like, but but yeah, use I mean, kind, mad. But it's like if if you don't feel something at the end of the movie, you are not. You're gonna, Hitler. You're Hitler. Yeah, I mean it's it's it definitely it just elicits an emotion that you didn't think it would. I think Hitler like puppies. Um, Everyone loves puppies. Yeah, I think he liked German Shepherds. Anyway. Oh, and I'm clapping for Trevor. I want the, That's so. my next shirt. Do you think Hitler liked puppies? <laughs> Sarah will buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, uh, that's that one. Uh, next up. So I went a little more deeply into the the Plossiverse. And Duplossiverse? It was, it was Mission Duplossible. Uh, continue. So I watched a movie that he wrote and his brother directed called Jeff Who Lives at Home. Go ahead, I haven't seen this. Jeff Who Lives at Home is is essentially it it just it kinda hit me on a bunch of levels. Um it, it basically it's about Jeff who live coincidentally <laughs> lives at home. Um <laughs> which which is relatable to an extent to me at the moment. Um me but, too, my good sir, me too. But it's it's about him not knowing what he wants to do with his life. And he looks for signs like in the universe kind of that that propel him forward into into this adventure and then he ends up meeting with up with his brother and they both kinda of go on a journey together. Um Did you see our idiot brother? No. I own it. I, it's kind of there's similar themes running through that, except it should have been called "One Likable Guy and Three Cunts." That, that's <laughs> what the title of that movie should have been. But Jeff, who lives at home, was really good, and like the ending, like it was just so well put together, and like it, it kind of just hits you like, holy crap, uh, man! Mark Duplass knows how knows his shit. He, he knows how to tug at some fucking heartstrings. Yeah, he definitely does. I mean it. Jeff, who lives at home, like if you haven't seen that, you need to go watch it as well. 
I mean, uh, pretty much everything I'm talking about today, you need to go see. You know what's funny is he he kind of he kind of cornered the market, if not created the genre of mumblecore, and which you, I mumblecore. I did I, I mumbled the word itself. And I, I I talked about this last night when referring to John Carpenter's Halloween. Sometimes when things are at their earliest stages. And before there's even a genre name for it, someone comes along and knocks it out of the fucking park. Okay, I kind of use this 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 one last night. Think, think David Bowie, right? Like glam really has no concept, and then he drops fucking like space oddity on us. It or or you know even you know they just had the 40th anniversary of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders yeah. from Mars, which albeit it's probably one of the most perfect records to exist. That record. Incidentally, my two favorite Bowie songs are "Space Oddity" and "Ziggy Stardust." I like the I like the '80s revision of uh, Major Tom that Peter Schilling did. You know, Earth Earth Below Us, mm-hmm. Drifting. But that that that's a that's a fucking because that whole song is about him about to lose like contact with his with his people, and then you know the original one. But Bowie came out. And took this genre that really didn't have a, a title or whatnot and just fucking knocked it clean on his ass. And that's pretty much what John Carpenter, okay? Like, as much as Timmy wants to disagree, there really wasn't that much of a slasher genre <laughs> yeah. prior to, like, the first Halloween coming out. But I wouldn't even call the first Halloween that much of a slasher flick. It was a tasteful slasher. Yeah. With, by the way, very little to no gore. Yeah, there there was very little blood in that movie. And but it, that's what made that movie, like... And there's it was about the atmosphere and the soundtrack, and sometimes the absence of a soundtrack. And I'll wait to get into to chat of Halloween because they're re-releasing it in theaters for the Halloween season. I'll just say this: that's what my point was. Is that very much like you know David Bowie and John Carpenter, who kind of cultivated and then dominated a scene from the get-go. Mm-hmm. They were the earliest of adopters. You have Mark Duplass who. Basically took a genre that was floundering. I mean, you could say like Zach Braff and Garden State kind of yeah. kind of did that. I'm not sure who wrote Garden State. Um, not 100 percent sure. Either. Or or even before that, like Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Or or movies like that. There there was a mumblecore kind of thing, but it, actually, Mark Duplass kind of rejects the name mumblecore, but he did something for that genre that's just fantastic. Although I will say this outside of that, I I consider Nick and Nora kind of a mumblecore picture. Yeah, I can see that in a way. Yeah. And that movie was I mean, I wish I was like nineteen when that came out. I wish I was like fourteen when that came out. Mm. That movie would have done more for a teenage and that movie should be this might sound blasphemy, and I think I compared Reality Bites as the Breakfast Club in the '90s. I Nick and Nora is arguably the Breakfast Club of the, maybe not to the same degree, but it's a very important film for the thousands. And I don't think a lot of people acknowledge how good that movie really I mean, is. I, I really like that movie. I mean, maybe I need to revisit. It. I, don't, I don't know if I would call it quite as as okay as listen, influential as like the Breakfast Club. Okay, you're looking over at my CD collection right now, and under like it boring into the 500 territory because that's two stack rows deep um that movie was so important for me because of the music in it and 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 you know mark mother mother's boss score i mean this is the guy from Devo who did like the score to nick and nora and yeah, like he the, also did the score for rograms and he did this he does, he does he does all the music for yo gabba gabba that's a true story 
I have niches. I'm legally allowed to watch it. But the the funny thing about Yo Gabba Gabba, real fast, uh, not to go off on a tangent, Yo Gabba Gabba has had. So, so basically, if you're sitting in the living room watching Yo Gabba Gabba, and your girlfriend Sarah walks in. And then you're like... She just, will fucking watch you with me. Will you not? Well, she's nodding her head. Yeah, she'll fucking watch you with me. No, what I was going to say was... See, well, let me just let me just put okay. this another way. Yeah, so you're, you're in your living room watching Yo Gabba Gabba, and Taylor walks in. He'll watch you with me. And my point being is that, you, A, Yo Gabba Gabba okay, is Okay, you're the, watching Yo Gabba Gabba in your living room, and I walk in. You start jerking off. I don't... No. I'm just going to be like, what the hell are you doing? And, and you're just going to be sit, like, I got nieces, yo. Then you sit... And the, then, then you you sit the fuck down and you're gonna be like what is this shit then two, 20 minutes later you're like I'm engrossed in a world of LSD like that's what's gonna happen to you Sarah gave up on the book she was reading um, either that or I am going to be slitting my wrists you won't and the, also what I love about Yo Gabba Gabba is to this day I, okay grant you it's on Nickelodeon which is uh, an affiliate of the Viacom which owns MTV to this day Yo Gabba Gabba has had more musical artists in the on there in the last uh, let's say five, four years than MTV has had on the last ten. Like, and and they're good. Like, okay, Weezer has gone on there and done stuff. Come on now, everybody knows you need like MTV hits or MTV jams to actually see music. And it's all R and B. Not even and MTV too. And that's has fine. I like R and B and whatnot. Uh, the only thing on MTV that I will get engrossed in, although I will say, Underemployed just debuted, and I really liked it. I need to check that out. I also like the American version of the Inbetweeners. Um, although I, I never watched watch the British. It. I really like the British one. Uh, I was going to say, um, uh, Bully Beatdown. I'll get caught up in reruns of that shit. Mayhem is, is a psychopath. I love him. Um, but what I was... What I, was I don't want to talk about the MTV show that I... That is my guilty pleasure. So let's... What? Let's no, I got to know now. No. no wait, all, we can just... We can just... We're waiting with bated breath. You... With Jason bated breath. Um, I... Jason Bateman. Okay. Damn it. Every time they're on... You're going to see Jersey Shore? No, God, no. Team on? Fuck, no, no. 16 and Pregnant? No. No. The Wiggles? No. <laughs> That's on MTV. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, every time they're on, I always watch the real world Road Rules Challenges. That's okay. Okay. The Okay, well, I'll say this. The last good season of the fucking real world... Yeah, I stopped watching the regular real world a long time ago. 2005 Real World Austin. That was when I was a freshman in high school, and I I really wanted to kind of get it, I suppose. By that point in time, it was completely moot to be into the real world. Yeah. Austin was the last time that a group actually liked each other. Now, grant you, post-show, they fucking hated each other. But a couple got on there that I think is still together, Danny and Melinda. And they're They're fantastic. They're not together anymore? They were actually just on the challenge this year. What was Wes on the challenge? Yeah, because they're doing... Battle of the Seasons. Yeah. So they picked four Austin. people from each set. Yeah, they had Austin, but Austin was the first eliminated. How long ago did Danny and Melinda break um, up? This is breaking my fucking heart right now. It's probably been like a year or two now. Okay, well, they made it since yeah. 05. That's good, okay? Yeah. Wait, and then I, I remember, I remember, okay, uh, uh, freshman, it was summer of 05 when that was on. I was at freshman band camp. And uh, it was late night after, I think it was, what was that on Tuesdays or Wednesdays or whatnot? And that was on, uh, it was the last thing that we were watching in the, uh, it, it was a West Liberty. And we we're sitting in the common room at the end of the day and we just got done with field practice and we were all cleaned up and whatnot. And I was sitting there and I'm playing guitar on a bench because I love attention. And, um, and uh, this girl walks out. And uh, she's just sobbing. And I, I thought her and her dude got into a fight. I was like, hey, what's wrong? Because I, I wanted to pound town that. Um, she was a majorette. I really liked her. 
Um, she was also a senior. Uh, so I, I, I was like, what's wrong? You know, I was talking to her. We were kind of friends. And she goes, Danny's mom just died. I said, oh, my God, who's Danny? She goes, on the real world. I was like, oh, you God. bitch. I was so excited by the fact that I was going to console this woman. And she was upset about Dan- Danny's. Yeah, no, Danny's grandma. I forget. I forget the the, the, the the logistics. The family member who passed, but someone in Danny's life was Vamoose. So, um, but then I kind of got into that season, and in the relationship between Wes and the black dude, I think his name was Nehemiah. I yeah, think that's been right. On, uh, yeah, they they've been on several challenges together, and they always kind of. And then heads. the the year after, I tried to watch Key West, which they filmed the year before, and that was not I remember that Katrina. one. That one, that one was with Johnny Bananas and that was that and was Paula and stuff. Then and then a couple years later, I really tried to get into um, New Orleans and New Orleans Blue. Yeah, and the, Although, the, I will say this. the last one that I really really got into was two thousand Back to New York, the one that had the Miz. And Coral on it. Yeah. Because... Do you remember 2003's Paris? That was a three, I, I think. Yeah, kind of. When that dude... I sad that I remember this. Enough this to turn into real world chat, but the dude... um, The the, the girl's family sent her flowers, and the dude took credit for it or whatnot. He sent her roses, and the guy who got into a okay, fight... I don't remember before, that. Yeah, yeah, that always stuck with me. I was, like, I was like 12, and I was like, what a dick. I was like, never do that to a chick. Her family sent her flowers, and he fucking took credit for it. It's on national TV. It's not like she's not going to find out. It's not a secret, yeah. But it, do, do you remember in the early 90s when... Uh, not that I was very... You know, a lot of cognizant. I was alive in '90. I was born in '90, but I wasn't cognizant until probably '95. Do you remember in the first couple seasons when they all had you know like consciences and jobs? Yeah, and they were people. Yeah, and that dude had like the 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 guy who was like one of the first people on TV with Pedro, right? First guy on TV, yeah. like openly yep. admitted to having AIDS. Yeah, I think and that whatnot. was like season two, actually, it's season two or three, something like that. And then Puck, yeah, <laughs> who should have had AIDS. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, like, this thing is, I, I kind of missed the boat because I wasn't old enough to really appreciate it. And that's when I yeah. first got into that, that actual season of the real world I did fucking like. That it was just like, this might be something I'm into. And then the next year, it was the same shtick of, like, I don't know, there's that sentence, that saying, keep Austin weird. And it is kind of a weird place. So, obviously, they'd have a good. But you would think fucking New Orleans would have something worth watching. And yeah. it, it was just all, it's like everyone's just one giant gay stereotype. <laughs> and you know, if I wanted to watch a Ryan Murphy show, I'll watch a Ryan Murphy show. Which I need to actually watch more of the new normal because I haven't been paying attention to it. But it's sad when your best character is Nene Leakes. Yeah, it is. That's a true statement. Yeah, fucking Nene um, Leakes. Man, when I was watching Celebrity Apprentice when she was on, which is another one of my guilty pleasures, yeah. dude. I don't know. I like the, like the weird competition shows like that. So because I, I like Big Brother too, but I, yeah, you who um and I started watching the Amazing Stormy. Race this year. That's who you had the, yeah. the relationship with Stormy, just based on uh, um. Speaking of another one of your uh, your former Fye brethren, I'm not friends with Kelsey. Oh yeah, she's kind of awesome. Um, yeah, I like Kelsey a lot. I I so yeah, I mentioned my thing. So we were talking about Yoga Abigail. Well, how are you on Yoga Abigail again? Uh, Mark Duplass. MTV. Mumblecore. Puppies. <laughs> Hitler loves puppies. Um, I don't know. Like uh, We got there somehow. <laughs> so it was if, if, someone, if someone that's listening could please just make a chart and <laughs> then send name? it to us. If, if, if they were all connected pre- pre- somehow. Preferably a flow chart, okay? Cause of the, it's just a picture of the progressive lady's face. <laughs> I love me some flow. Um, 
And Sway from MTV. We're back to MTV. Oh, Sway. Uh, oh, no, we're talking about MTV. Hold on, let's try to backtrack this. MTV playing music videos. Yabba Gabba Gabba having more musical artists. I have nieces. Nick and Nora, Mark Mother's Ball. And then the trail goes cold. Yeah, I don't know how the hell we got from... Jeff oh, Mumblecore, Nick and Nora. Mumblecore. Okay. And there then we we're go. back. And we're yeah, back. We're back. there's one thing I'm good at backpedaling. We figured it out. Backpedaling is something I pride myself on. Um, we figured it out. What the fuck are we doing so with our lives? Okay. I, I, have you listened to the last eight episodes of this show? If you want to answer the question, no. it's called wasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, Mark. in, in summary, Mark Duplass, uh, every movie he's ever done is worth it. Have you seen, oh, I'm going to fuck up this name, Dodecathlon? No, I do want to see that. Or, That's another Duplass joint. My sister's sister was that the name of with the the Maori sisters? No, I'm kidding. Um, I think you're thinking of sister sister. I am thinking of sister sister. Of course you are, because sister sister. I think Sarah's great man. The, I think Sarah singing the theme song in her head. I know there's a movie called called My Sister or Your Sisters. Yeah, your sister's sister. Gosh. Um. Yeah, I remember seeing like the trailer for that actually. So I uh, I need to watch Puffy Chair. Puffy Chair is good. I mean, you can tell it had a low budget, but it's, that's fine though. Yeah. I I don't mind that at all. But it's it's I, really good. I love British TV and almost everything that British TV has had on that's on in a reality show is poorly funded. Uh, uh, yeah. The he joke. also wrote Cyrus, which I haven't seen yet. I you, really need to I see that. I like that, but they marketed that. Okay, you say, okay, here, here's why. You see John C. Riley and uh, Seth, or, oh, God damn it. Jonah uh, Hill. Joe, Jonah Hill. It, he's interchangeable with Seth Rogen. Um, they're not the same person, obviously. I, I like Rogen a lot, but you see them in a movie, you think that movie is going to be really fucking funny. Yeah. Throw Marissa Tomei in the mix, and you know that it's going to be a hot time because Marissa Tomei is gorgeous. I want her to give it to me. Crazy Stupid Love, right? You saw it, right? Yes, I did. How fantastic was she? That movie was really fucking good. For her bit part, especially the twist when you realize how everyone's connected. See, yeah, like when I went into that movie, I was like, man, why is everybody dragging me to this? Because, like, I know I went with Ralph. And Jaeger the scene and in the trailer where he rolls out of the car was what sold me on it. And I was like, I was like, this is gonna be a romantic comedy kind of thing. I don't know if I'm really gonna get into this, it's but Gosling. like, it was really fucking Bro, good though. Gosling, come on. Gosling, didn't Sarah's sell me on it at the time, but uh, but yeah, it's it was it was pretty awesome. But but ask ask that was her, a very good movie. Sarah, we're gonna include you in this for real quick when. When we were watching Crazy Stupid Love and we figured out what was, well, when it was forced on us, what was happening, what was your reaction? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was Sarah, everybody. My lovely girlfriend. Um, uh, So, yeah, summing up the Mark Duplass stuff, every movie he's done is worth the checkout, but particularly Safety Not Guaranteed is is probably the one of... One of the best movies of this year, and it's not going to be nominated for much. I mean, I think yeah, special effects wise, it was fantastic. But that's what's unfortunate is like it's a movie like over, that who's so that's so it's like it's so worth watching. Like it's also, for anybody, yeah. Like, there is no specific person for for what this is. I mean, even if you're not the the biggest fan of the mumblecore genre in general, it's it's such a fantastic movie. And but, it's, it wasn't written by him, but he speaking, he plays really a really good part in that. Speaking of Mark Duplass, uh, didn't he produce it though? Didn't he have something to do with that? He may have produced it. Yeah, uh, the lead um, came back. 
And yes. I and I I think I want to force her to watch the first episode because we've we watched the second episode together. Uh, that movie is um or that show is still fantastic. That's yeah, man. Four Chalupa Batman, <laughs> Chalupa Batman, MacArthur. Um, that I I love that Jean Lejoie is getting like regular screen time, and yeah. I need them to bring Rafi back because I love Jason Manzukis as well. But uh, actually, and, I actually watched a movie with him the other what'd day. What you watch? I watched Conception. Um, it, it's based, it's a, it's a story. I watched it for Indie October. Uh, it's a story about, uh, nine couples who go up to the point of where they're conceiving. Uh-huh. Um, and he's actually Connie Britton's, uh, husband in, in that movie. Connie Britton yeah. gave me the biggest Dude, that, boner. that movie had such a good cast. It had Connie Britton, it had Jason Manzukis, it had Julie Bone from Modern Family, it had, uh, Sarah Hyland from is, Modern Family. Is that the mom and the daughter? Yep. Um, it had... And Ty Burrell had a bit part in that. It had uh, Wash from. Why oh, can't I think of his name? Alan Tudyk? Yes, he it has, had Alan Tudyk. He in. has two dicks. Yes. Alan Tudyk. Notice, Alan Tudyk is one of my favorite actors, and he is arguably like. And yet you still haven't watched Suburgatory, can you which qualif- he's on Suburgatory. Is he a regular on yes, that? Yes, he's oh, a regular. Can you qualify him as a character actor? Because he plays himself in everything. Except for 20- I would say so because he he plays he plays different characters. I There's think. not to be confused with Twenty Eight Days Later. There is a wonderful Sandra Bullock movie called Twenty Eight Days with her and Viggo Mortensen and um, Mike O'Malley, and uh, uh, he's in it as a oh. Weird, and a speaking of Mike O'Malley, real yeah. quick, I I want Mike O'Malley to have an autobiography, and I want it to be called Mike O'Malley from Guts to Glee. You are he, he wasn't dude, that he was, wasn't guts, was he? Yes, dude. He was Nick Arcade. He no, he was Nickelodeon Guts. Was he Guts? Yes. Oh, and yes, dear, which yes. of all the early yes, thousand dear, sitcoms was. gay. Of all the early thousand sitcoms, I really liked Yes Dear. I actually did too. His but, wife but, was kinda hot on that show. Yeah. Christine? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I liked that show a whole bunch for somewhere. Yeah, I actually kinda liked it too. Uh, also, it just happened to be on uh, syndication in the afternoon reruns when I get out of like junior TBS. high. TBS, yeah, TBS, yep. TBS always has like every day. Yeah, their their block marathon of fucking uh, Big Bang Theory, Family Guy, in the Office. I'm just covered in Cheeto dust by the end of it. Like it's like an SVU marathon. <laughs> if SVU is on, you're caught up in it. I will watch fucking Christopher Maloney beat the shit out of sex offenders. It's, it's like, oh man, we're like halfway through this SVU episode, but man, the girl's crying. What's what's going on? Well, I need to know what's happening. Every, and then six hours later, it's like, what the fuck did I just do? Six with my hours dad? later, you feel disgusting for how much horrible things you've heard Ice T say. <laughs> it's all about like anal contusions and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Uh, I really fucking love SVU. Let's get that out right now. Mariska Hargitay, she went through that period where she looked like a rough lesbian with the short hair, and then she grew it back out, and they finally let her look attractive. And she's always, <laughs> like, faking people out, like, trying to, you know, go undercover as a prostitute. you think guys would figure her out by now. <laughs> well, then, all the sex offenders don't run in, like, a circle. They're not, like, in a club, like... Do they have, like, like a... Sex- they're not, like, Ku Klux Klan, where, like, they all know each other, you know? I... I- I mean, there might be a KKK of I, sex offenders. I could but... clammed up when you just said that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Actually, that was the name of my white supremacist seafood restaurant, the Ku Klux Klam. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's that's an old school Facebook post that I had. 
I'm do- I'll be I'll be dusting off gems all night, folks. Um, so, uh, which one are you hitting on last? Oh no, you might you probably have more. I I don't know why I just tried to. Your shirt's scaring me, by the way. Is it Diablo shirt? Yep, Diablo three. Terrifying me. Should it should. So yes. So you got Mark Duplass. I got you know. Duplicity. My duplicity out of the way. With uh, Michael Keaton. That was duplicity. That was multiplicity. multiplicity. Who was in duplicity? Uh, like some, that was, some guys and some girls. That was a movie. I know yeah, duplicity was a film. There's a movie. Was that the Clive Owen Julia Roberts flick? I don't know. I, I just shrugged. Sarah, look that up. Uh, Clive Owen, Julia Roberts movie. I think it was Duplicity. Um, so anyway, what's next on your agenda? Your liberal so, fucking agenda. <laughs> yes, my very liberal agenda. So yesterday, I I was I was going to go hang out with Ralph, and that got pushed back for, by a few hours. So it's like noon. I'm like, well, I hear there's a good book. In the book that, that, you know, I read, I was like, uh, I don't normally read books that much, but I'm going to start this. I'll probably read it for like an hour and then go do something. And then like four hours later, I read the whole thing. Um, and that book was uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, and holy shit, <laughs> that book, like, f- like for me. Duplicity was a movie with Julia Roberts and Clive Owen. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, Perks of Being a Wallflower to me, like, I, I don't normally read books, to be completely honest. You think they're evil? No, not necessarily. I just I just have a hard time getting into books, and I don't know. It's just... We had book chat last week. I, I'm i so used, like, I'm so, like, used to, like, visual media, such as, like, video games and television and movies, that, like... Sitting down to read something doesn't really resonate as much with me. Um, but Perks of Being a Wallflower, it's probably the first piece of literature that's ever really spoken to me. Like, it's like, I don't really know how to describe it, but like, it feels like that book was written for me. That seems to be the, the reaction to a lot of people that read that book. That it was, you know... Re- yeah. But you, it, it it connects people on like a molecular level. And it's funny because, you know, Stephen Chabotsky, I don't even know if he intended for, yeah. for this book to, to do what it did. It just it here's a term. It speaks volumes like to it's such a short book and to the point that you you feel so much after. It. And if I could recommend another one. Um, it's actually in, in the trunk of my car. I, I feel like if you're on a reading kick right now, I should let you borrow it. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. They made a movie out of it. I've seen the it's, movie. It's very much similar to that. And that dealt with a lot of things that, that, you know, I had had suicidal thought about, you know, age 16, 17, 18. And that, that book spoke a lot to me. And Person Being Wallflower was another one that I, I never finished it, like I said, but that was another one that. But yeah, I mean, like in Person Being Wallflower, I just relate so much to Charlie. Like, cause he, you know, he's a, he's a guy that, or, a, you know, a teenager. He's an every kid. Right. <laughs> but, but he, he thinks way too much about stuff. And I tend to do that. Like a lot. He thinks way too much about stuff. He, he almost, he almost does it to the point where he doesn't participate in life is how they put it in the book. Yeah. And in a way I almost feel like I don't either. Like I kind of sit back and I'm kind of the wallflower. 
in a way. I mean, I've gotten better about that, but like now I really just want to participate. If that makes any sense. No, it it, it like does. it just it completely makes sense. I mean, it, it, every now and then you you find those things in in life because because like me personally, like I'm totally. I mean, I do a podcast, which is completely the opposite of what I'm going to say here, but I'm completely introverted for the most part. Yeah, but and there's a difference between talking to a group of people and talking into a microphone. That's I mean, true. Yeah, you're with a core, a core, you know, group. Mm. But in a lot of ways, I mean, I, but the podcast also helps with that too. Yeah, it helps like ease the introversion, and you know, this is going to be helps me become. But I, I think you know, podcasting in general, broadcasting like this. Is basically twenty first century extrovert. Like it, I don't really believe that the internet distances us the way that a lot of people seem no, to I don't think, think so that either. it's. You know, it, it, you know. Grant you, it, there's a level of irony because it's something that you're supposed to connect everybody, but you know, to some extent, does. It brings us all together, but it, it kind of diminishes human interaction, and I don't really think that that's the case because. I've formed closer bonds with people that I've, you know, talked to through chat threads or, or message boards, particularly like music message boards where you yeah. connect with someone on, on a level that, that, that they get you. And even if you don't, they can be miles and miles away, but you can feel a general connection with them that you haven't felt with a person that, that you met up front. Now, is mm-hmm. that saying that when you when you meet them in person that you're going to – that you'd have the same level of conversation? No. And there are the trolls that hide behind the keyboard, but sometimes when you – Get to step back and think about what you're going to say and or type in quotations, you know, yeah. I'm saying that you can formulate a thought better than just what's immediately off your, you know, off the dome. Like it, it's to me, I can sit there and wait a couple hours to think about the most appropriate thing to say back and not to make myself, you know, sound cooler or whatnot, but I just don't understand why the internet is sometimes taken as like this scary box that like is going to destroy social interaction. Well, I don't think that. I, th- I think a lot of it is just the mentality of not necessarily our generation, but the generation before us. Yeah. It's just, you know, that feels like it's the internet. It's kind of rotten your mind, you know. What uh, it, I, someone, uh, I won't say who said this to me the other day. I, I was supposed to contact a, a co-worker and my, my phone for some reason wasn't placing a call to him, but he had spotty service anyway. And this person at my job was like, oh, did you contact them? I was like, I've been trying to. I said, my phone's not going through. And his response was, yeah, that must be because you use it so much. Right. Awesome. That's not something that anyone should think ever because that's not how technology works. Yeah. I'm not the most technologically advanced person. You are you – streets ahead of on 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 for that for me but like yeah i I just it's not some some scary tool you know i'm sure caveman thought fire was terrifying like i mean first time you see it and you don't know what the hell it is it's like what yeah like republicans like republicans and a gay person yeah it's like it's like what yeah like like you have the AIDS. Like it's, <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, I guess what I was, what the whole point boiling down to was just, I, I think that the internet can be used as a tool to bring people close together. I'm not breaking any new ground by saying that per yeah. se, but you know, it, it's not, it's not a tool to be frightened by. You can either, you know, use it to your advantage. And, and I mean, grant you, people want to talk about 
Oh, what's the what's the phrase for when the machines become be, become aware? The there's a word for it, and I, yeah, I, I can't, can't think of. Yeah, you know, it'll, it'll come to me. But when, you know, I don't see it's gonna that. be the future soon. Jonathan Colton. I just don't think that it's. I think that was the first time we bonded was when you, yeah, you said so. a Colton line, and I responded with the follow up line, and I was um, like, "What? Someone else like, knows you know Jonathan Colton? <laughs> like what?" Um, uh, they were on tour with They Might Be Giants recently, and I, I, I would have loved to have seen that. I would have too. Like I, I like Jonathan Colton a lot. We, uh, it's it. I just. I don't think. Oh God, I wish I could remember that term. I, I know. I know what I'm trying to trying yeah. to say, but that's not happening anytime soon. So why don't we harmonize with our technological brethren? Like yeah. we don't need to. I could be. I'm talking on my ass at this point in time, but you don't. You don't need to fear it because you know we can all live in harmony. And I guess that goes. That's a broad sweeping generalization, but and obviously, world peace is a pretty much unachievable idea or and concept. It's nice on paper, but I but think it's not happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, everybody has their different ideals. Why not make this world like, a, a slightly better? We're only here for we're here for an exceedingly short fucking time. It's it's a blink in contrast with the existence of the universe in general or any other universe for that matter where there's people having the same conversation. I'm blowing my mind. I'm not even stoned. Um, I, uh, it's, it's, we're here for such a short time. Why does it have to be, you know, a shitty experience? Hey, that leads me back to why are we so cynical and watch, watch safety, not guarantee. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I think if, if I did, cycle. if we did go off on tangents today, they all cycled back and we did some good in this world. I mean, the the end of this episode is definitely real talk because we're you know, it's it, you and I have way. a lot of the same con- ideas on 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 pretty much most subjects and but like I I just I loved that book yeah I loved it like it, like I I I almost want to just read it again like right you know, now and it's so actually to me it's interesting to hear a uh, twenty five right twenty six twenty six yeah. Hear someone say that because a lot of people just kind of consider that like teen fodder. Yeah, and and it's not some angsty teen book. You know, it's not a Nirvana record. Like it's it's I guess it, it transcends that, and that's good to hear because I wasn't sure if it transcended post, you know, post teenage angst. Yeah, grant you, I think we all have a lot of post teen angst. It's yeah, called I mean, life. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's called life. It's just like for someone like me who's kind of like almost in a transition period in their lives right now. You have it from- just pretty steady you know yeah i mean, I mean what I went, it was going to be every single day to now you really don't have a lot of ideas what it's going to be yeah so it's 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 jarring in a way but it's also freeing in a way too because you get and, to you pretty much not get that chance to reinvent yourself yeah yeah and i can do what i want to do which or, is why i want to start doing podcasts say, to make yourself i brought an incubus back into this shit so uh yeah and then and then surprisingly enough like reading that book and stuff I've been like really listening to that new Killers album a lot it's great right yeah and I don't know why but like that Killers album is just really good but man it's killer my good sir Perks of Being a Wallflower that book is so damn good like I can't even describe how tasty that burger 
that Taylor has in his hand right now looks. Taylor just snuck in. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's the um, I had to lighten this up. We got yeah. real talk near the end. Yeah, so uh, that's that's real oh, talk. Oh, I, you mentioned Killers, and I was thinking of music. Uh, you've been giving me shit for it, but Placebo released finally. They haven't had a record out since '09, and I, it's been going on. Do you realize it's not real, Ian? Stop it's it! It's not real. It's it just is, a placebo. It is real. Placebo are a band. They, if you swallow it, it has no effect on you. I if would, you hear it, it has no effect I would swallow, because it's a placebo. I would swallow a lot of things from placebo. Let's be honest. Um, that's probably true. Yuck! 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 Quack! 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 Um, so it's it's just an EP it's the B3 EP but it's the first thing they've had out since uh, Battle for the Sun I think was 08 or 09 09 and um, it's five tracks and it's fucking fantastic and it's one of those like decent lyrics I I forget their singer's name our our friend Danielle will kill me because she's obsessed with him yeah she's kind of the one that reminded me how much I love Placebo. Like, they're a really good fucking band. And, like, catch a lot of shit uh, for his voice, which is kind of nasally. If you, if you remember Mission Hill? Damn it. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, dude, you're talking to me. Mission Hill was a <laughs> uh, they... Adult Swim. Oh, I don't know. Oh, fucking early Brian Pushane cartoons. Really good. Um... His voice is so grating and nasally, but I fucking love them for some reason. I mean, they've had songs dating back. I mean, they've been together since the mid-90s and whatnot. I think, speaking of Britwave bands, they're they're one of the least talked about. But they're kind of like a band with a cult following, which I really dig. I really do dig them a lot. Um, But that's the the music front. So so they they all drank the Kool-Aid, but they didn't realize that, you know, what they drank wasn't real. Die in a fire. Die in a fire. Well, you know. This episode's called <laughs> Dying of Fire. Dying of Fire, real talk. And whatever that funny thing I said earlier was that I wanted on the t-shirt. I don't remember <laughs> what it was. I gotta listen to the podcast now. Hitler. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys think Hitler like puppies? <laughs> now I'm just quoting myself. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Um, Yeah, I've, I've said my piece. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, well. Wanna wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. Is this the... Uh, is this the the shortest podcast we've ever done? Uh, yeah, I we're, think it is. I think it is. Uh, we're at one oh five. Wow, that is the shortest so, podcast. But but I mean, we we talked a lot a lot but a lot about some good stuff. It got real talk. Yeah, which I'm I'm glad because I, I my appearance my last two appearances on 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 too soon have gotten real talk. Yeah, so it's I, pretty I nice mean, to I, bring that in here. Yeah, I think it's nice like to have like kind of a break from. From the the craziness with adding other people into the podcast nice. you know, for a week and well, think, and just think, and just talk about like real thing you know I think we finally had something to say yeah like as as a two piece yeah so I mean I, I definitely did I it, I'm done being pretentious for the week so if you want to wrap it up we can wrap it up yeah I mean it's just, a good time. just if you, if you guys haven't want or read Perks of Being a Wallflower go read it please do it, it it's really good I mean it's it's <laughs> also listen to a Smith it, record it absolutely makes fuck you, you Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely makes you think, and I I can't stop thinking about that book. Like I just can't, I can't. <laughs> just like I can't stop listening to the freaking Killers album. Because <laughs> hey, like I swear I've out, stopped from here on out. I've tried to stop. Okay, listen. You gave me shit for my Incubus kick a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I know. Man. That this is your Incubus kick. Yeah, but it's like one CD. 
But like every time I go to listen just to something else, I'm just like, put man, this isn't killers. I'm gonna give it, give it some time. Let this record die out. Put on Sam's Town and understand why I worship that record. No, put on Sawdust first. See how you feel about Sawdust. Then segue back into. I don't mind Day and Age, but it's not my favorite. I think Battleborn is a much better record than Day and Age. But yeah, so so yeah, um, wrapping it up. This right here, I'm going to talk about real quick. Is a call to arms for everybody listening to this podcast. Awesome. If you don't have iTunes, go on it and rate and comment on the podcast. Please do. Please, we implore you to do this, Um, and only only because. The more we get rated, the more possible it is for us to get featured on iTunes so that other people can actually listen to the podcast that they may not have never heard of it. Um, so it'll, it'll help us grow a lot. So we really hope that you can do that for us, not just us, but for Too Soon and for Spider Duck Gaming, if you listen to that. It's fantastic. Um, I'm biased. So. so, yeah, abs- absolutely do that for us if you could, and we would we'd really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. Tell us we're pretty. Yeah, tell us we're pretty. Okay. We compliments. We thrive on compliments. We do. We do indeed. Especially him. Uh, I am pretty, by the way. Uh, you know, there's a debate. But fuck you. But I digress. I'm gonna hang myself now. You have been listening to a product of Spider Duck Internet Radio. Check us out at spiderducknetwork.com and follow us on Twitter at SpiderDuckNet.